You are Locked On Kings, your daily podcast on the Sacramento Kings. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. They take away, the ball never leaves Bogey's hands, and it is done. Minnesota wins it 119 to 96. They dominated this ball game. Hey there, happy Friday. Welcome into another edition of Locked on Kings. Tough night for the Kings Thursday night in Minnesota to kickstart the road trip. We will discuss that today on the podcast. Look ahead to the next game too, which will be Sunday in Toronto. Thank you for joining us. I'm Jason Ross. Glad you could find us here on Locked on Kings every day, Monday through Friday, daily podcast across our Locked on Network. Also, you can get the very latest on all the NBA teams, Locked on NBA and Locked on Fantasy plus football get your weekend previews big games coming up for the Raiders as uh, they need to win Sunday night they'll take on the Cowboys check out locked on Raiders and certainly how about locked on 49ers and what they've done Jimmy Garoppolo still undefeated as a starting quarterback in the NFL can they beat the Titans check out what's going on on locked on 49ers to get the latest as you prep for that game all right let's do it let's jump into the Kings and Timberwolves a look back at how that game went between the Kings and the Timberwolves first matchup of the year and here's how it sounded, courtesy of the G-Man, Gary Gerald. Egan, deep three-point range, gives it up now to Towns, turns, fires for three, and scores it. He's got such a nice soft shooting touch. That's the 36th three-pointer he's made. Kings come right back. George Hill knocks down another one for Sacramento. So they're trading buckets here. Andrew throws it ahead to Butler. He lobs to Todd Gibson. Blocked by Willie Cauley-Stein, who came flying off the right shoulder to knock that one away. It looked like an easy, uncontested layup. Terrific reaction by Willie Cauley-Stein for the block. Teague on the left angle gives the Towns in the corner. Cat back out to Teague on the wing. Six in the shot clock. Skips it cross court. Here's Wiggins for three, and he nails it. Same spot where Georgia's hit just a moment ago. 61-52. Hill probes, pulls it back, picks up the dribble, gets a reset, down to two on the clock, has to shoot a 32-foot three, and he drills it. Oh, my goodness. George Hill knocks down a 32-footer. And that's your Bearco Redwood moment of this game. Buzzer beating attempt, knocked in by Jeff Teague, coming up the floor from about the same distance. And Minnesota will go to the locker room with a nine-point lead at 64-55. Carter accelerates, gets into the lane, pushed from behind, and he scores the basket. Three-point opportunity for Vince Carter. Don't you just love watching Vince Carter? I mean, here he is, 40 years of age, going to be 41 next month. He's in his 20th NBA season, and he still shows you that he has got skills and he can get the job done. Hill on the right angle to the middle of the paint to Jackson. Runs to a three spot. Shoots for three. Misses it. Long rebound tracked down by Garrett Temple. Gives to Hill. He'll try for three. Right wing. He's got the triple. 67-60 in favor of Minnesota. Two and a half minutes into our second half. Here's a steal by Gorgie Jang on a Zebo feed intended for George Hill. Teague in transition. Puts on the brakes on the right wing. Looks inside for Towns. Towns now against Costa Cufa. Step back from 20. Nails it. Carl Anthony Towns showing that offensive versatility. 11 unanswered points for Minnesota. Timberwolves are now leading 82 to 64 as Dave Yeager calls for time. Bogey takes it on the left angle, moves right. Again, he hesitates, doesn't shoot the three. Hooks a pass to Costa down the lane. Blocked by Carl Anthony Towns. Wasn't fooled for a moment. 
Here's Butler now working on the right angle to the free throw line. Stride in, feeds it out on the wing to Wiggins. Wiggins drives up and down, double clutch. Pretty play. Great shot by Wiggins. He was bouncing and jouncing and moving and grooving. Towns calls for it just outside the paint. Back to the basket. Now they clear out the space and let him work against Costa Cufas. Digs back, doubled by Temple. Feeds it out to Wiggins, uncovered for three, and he makes the Kings pay the price. And Thibodeau is happy. He's actually smiling, and he was banging his hands together. I'm so happy to see that. Coach, when you're leading by 93-66, what is that, 27 points? You should be happy. I'm going to savor Thibodeau's enjoyment right now. Got a pull-up that's missed by the Timberwolves. Rebounded by Sacramento's Bogdanovich. Jogs up the right side. Looks over his shoulder. Screen from Scal. Gets into the lane. Drops it back to Scal. Rolls to the rack for the two-hand rip. That was terrific execution right there. Those are the little things that make you feel like, you know, there's hope down the road. These guys learning the little nuances of the game and a nice roll to the rack and the score there. Well, the Kings had an interesting beginning to the game, got off to a little bit of a slow start yet again, and it was a starting lineup that saw Garrett Temple, Scalabissier, Zach Randolph, George Hill, and De'Aaron Fox all start. And as we kind of recap the way the game went, in that opening quarter, 7 minutes and 28 seconds into the game, De'Aaron Fox banged his knee, kind of his quad area, against Carl Anthony Towns. He went to the deck. Got up, went out of the game. The Kings training staff kind of looked at him, worked on him, tried to stay loose on the bench, but they ultimately said he would not return for the rest of the game. So that kind of changed the lineup the rest of the way, but the Kings never really give a bunch of guys, you know, a huge amount of minute load. So it wasn't that disrupting to what the Kings were trying to do. What they couldn't do was stop Minnesota early on. Carl Anthony Towns came out aggressive. He was guarded by Scalabissier, and that was a clear mismatch. He had 11 first-quarter points. Minnesota got comfortable early, shot 67% in that opening quarter and led the Kings 32-22. Now, the Kings, I thought, did a good job in the second quarter. In fact, the Kings scored on 12 of their last 14 possessions before going into halftime. And then there was that really wild sequence that if you heard or saw the last maybe 90 seconds of the half, Minnesota hit a wing three by Marcus George's Hunt. Then Sacramento came down and got a Vince Carter three. So back-to-back threes. The T-Wolves would work to a corner three from Wiggins. He would make that. George Hill had to hit kind of a bailout deep three from probably 30 as the half was winding down. And then an inbound, about two seconds left. And then from 30-plus, you had Jeff Teague beating the buzzer and banking in a three. So the last five possessions, five made three-pointers between the two teams. With that said, the Kings were down 64-55 at the half, but they had done a good job of getting back going scoring-wise, scoring 30-30 in the second. They just couldn't slow down Minnesota. So then you start the second half. Now here's where the Kings, because of the injury to De'Aaron Fox and I think Scal's inability to stop Carl Anthony Towns, made a couple of switches. Justin Jackson, who hadn't played at the time, started the second half. And then Willie Cauley-Stein started the second half as well to go give another look at Carl Anthony Towns. Kings did some good things, cut the game to 67-60, and then it just really started to derail. Then the Kings got cold, Minnesota got hot. They went on a 13-0 run right in the midpoint of that third quarter, and it basically was a wrap. That was one of those quarters in which the Kings scored in the teens. They've done that too many times this year. Scored 16 while giving up 31, and a game that was 9 at the half. You're outscored by 15 
and it's over. They trailed by as much as 27, didn't really make a run back in the game, and the Timberwolves win it 119-96. couple of things that we kind of predicted and we could see, not even second-guessing, was that Minnesota has a, a knock on Coach Tibbs for maybe playing the starters too many minutes. Well, it's working for getting wins, and I thought the game on Thursday night was a perfect example of that. The team was ahead. I think he still had one starter on the floor in Andrew Wiggins, and I want to say they were up 21 points and maybe about eight minutes left in the game, and I think he had Wiggins and Butler on the floor, and he brought back in Gibson, Teague, and Towns for about another four-minute run of the starters. They didn't have to do that. They could have left the two starters in, leave the rest of the bench in, and I don't know if preserving four or five minutes tonight or on Thursday night does much, but if you do that constantly, and I know that Minnesota hasn't been in a lot of games in which they've been close uh, or blowouts, this one was a blowout, and uh, I didn't think they needed to play their starters that many minutes. But in the end, did it matter? No. I mean, Tibbs is going to coach the team his way. Just my own personal belief on that. And anyway, they won. They went to 17-12. and 12. Kings dropped to 9-19. and 19. So... Now the Kings have to figure out what went wrong. How do they fix it? What can they do better? And again, they have that same constant theme where the starters just don't give them enough production. And if we look at some of the final numbers before we hear from uh, some of the particulars involved in the game, you had George Hill. I think that was one of the positives of the night, play another good game, second consecutive game. I thought he was aggressive, hit his threes, went four or five beyond the arc, scored 16. You had 15 from Zebo. He's just been rock solid with his nine rebounds. 11 off the bench for Costa Kufis. So if you look at the top three scores, George Hill, Zach Randolph, Costa Kufis, three veterans. I thought Vince Carter played pretty well. So you get your veterans doing a lot of nice things. And then Scal, I was kind of unimpressed with his, but he only played 12 and a half minutes. De'Aaron Fox was injured. Willie, not as productive as he's been. Frank Mason played 22 minutes, did not shoot the ball well. Bogey, I thought, did okay. 9.6 rebounds, three assists. And then you had uh, Buddy Heald get double figures with 10. Justin Jackson and Malachi Richardson kind of play sparing minutes. But the Kings need the veterans. They really do. And I think these guys have been playing the most consistent basketball. You just want a sign from some of the uh, young guys, right? And I think they're getting some of it, just not consistently enough. And I think these two teams are interesting to compare because you look at Minnesota and you think of, oh, yeah, they've got all this young talent. Well, they've got a couple of young, talented pieces, right? If you remember what they were, what they existed as, a very young team and a team that kept drafting in the lottery. And how did they even get some of this other talent? Well, they moved Kevin Love to get Andrew Wiggins. They drafted Carl Anthony Towns. They had Zach Levine. They drafted Chris Dunn. Well, they moved some of their young pieces and parlayed that into Jimmy Butler and Jeff Teague. They signed Taj Gibson. They signed Jamal Crawford. So they've got two young foundation pieces, but they also needed that experience of Butler, Teague, and Gibson to round out a solid starting five with a little bit of a thinner bench. But Minnesota's on their way. They've got the longest playoff drought streak. The Kings are number two, and Minnesota now at 17 and 12, well on their way to the postseason, assuming they stay healthy. Uh, but just kind of different how each of these teams have been built for the moment and where they'll be going as uh, we continue to look ahead to the futures of both of these teams. All right, as far as uh, the reaction to the game afterwards, here's the head coach of the Kings, Dave Yeager. Coach, the matchup issues that Carl Anthony Towns poses, especially with kind of young uh, frontline players, and as you say over and over, kind of guys that are a little light in the britches, just how difficult is it to figure out a way to slow him down a little? 
Yeah, I mean, it was all three of them. I mean, you know, they're, they're six, seven, six, eight at the two and the three, and they just didn't, you know, our guys fought, you know, but you're, you know, throwing three, six, three, six, four guys at them, and um, they can they can post up, they can drive, they can ISO. Um, you know, they made a lot of plays. They kind of, uh, you know, we we're just disappointed in the, in the level of, you know, we got to make them work uh, a little bit harder, and they got to see a little bit more, um, you know, those three guys had 30, 21, and 22, and, you know, smiled, and it was pretty easy for them. So, and that's no discredit to, Garrett trying to play one of those two guys, or George Hill trying to play one of those guys. I mean, our turnovers killed us. We didn't uh, check out enough, and you know they shot 65% in the first half because it was easy. So turnovers haven't been a huge issue for you this season, but it seems like recently they have become more of a problem. Where are you seeing them come from? Just lack of focus, um, guys. Just not catching the ball, not passing the ball, not dribbling the basketball. Just the, you know the ones that are out in front of God and everybody just make you uh, you know scratch your head a little bit. Well, Coach Yeager and the staff are going to have to figure out with a practice day. They're actually staying kind of schematically in as far as the, the structure of what they want to do. Stay in Minnesota, and I think this is one where it's probably a coach's pick, and that's what happens when you're the head coach. You can plan uh, the setup. The team plays in Toronto on Sunday, probably a more appealing city to go visit. Either one's going to be cold, but he's from Minnesota. He's got a lot of family, got a lot of friends, want to spend some of the extra time while the Kings have it back east. So they're going to stay in Minnesota. Today, Friday, Saturday, tomorrow, they're going to leave at some point for Toronto and then, of course, play the Raptors earlier on Sunday. We'll preview that game coming up in a few moments. But uh, just trying to find the you know consecutive stops. They didn't get enough of that. Giving up 119, that's actually a really high number for the Kings. So that was just one thing they couldn't do all night. And Minnesota shot 56%, hit more threes than they normally do, didn't miss many free throws. They, just, they were comfortable, 29 assists. There wasn't enough resistance from the Kings' defense. All right, now let's hear from some of the players. First up, Buddy Heald. In Buddy's 21 minutes, we mentioned his 10-point performance. He's been pretty consistent off the Kings bench, and here he is uh, afterwards talking about the loss. How difficult is it for the team defensively to come up with a scheme? Uh, you know, it's very difficult when you get a guy like Carl, like, like Carl and when he goes to work and uh, he goes off a 10-12 straight in the first quarter. And after that, you know, you feel himself, and after that, you know, it's a tough, it's tough to slow down and score like that. But uh, you know, you get to figure out to work together and uh, play off each other and uh, defensive mindset and uh, play the team defense to slow them down. Because once you get them going, and after the floor the game's open, and uh, he start making plays and he start making plays with his teammates and. Uh, just tough to guard afterwards. I know that this team has had, you know, throughout the season, uh, quarters where they kind of struggle, whether it's the first or the third. Tonight it was the third quarter. Um, from the bench, when, you, when you're when you seeing them get off to a, a tough start, what are you seeing as some of the issues you guys are facing? Just no continuity and uh, no rhythm. You know, we got to get that, you know, uh, so you get a decent flow. You know, once you look continuity and uh, make some baskets and get put the ball in the hole. You got to, and if you put the ball in the hole, and you don't get stopped in the next, next end, it's a long night for you. And after you get guys on the bench trying to make something happen quickly, you know, and uh, so you got to have more continuity and put the ball in the hole. That third quarter was different because, you know, De'Aaron's out, so Willie's with the first group, and Justin's out there. How did that kind of, would that kind of maybe affect the continuity? Nah, there's no thing on continuity. You can just be all basketball players, be all professional basketball players. So it's all learning, and, uh, you know, we just got to find a way to put the ball in the hole, you know? We have good looks. We just got to make plays and uh, put the ball in the hole. That's the main concept, and uh, stop. We get stops on defense. And what do you have to do, got to do defensively to get those stops to phone a night like this where you're shooting low 40s that you can still be in the game? 
guard. You know, it's, you, it's how you stop people. You guard them and uh, make it tough on them. You make it tough on them and, uh, you know, no matter if you make it missing shots or anything, you know, the game will come to you and uh, you'll find a way to grind it out. Well, Buddy's talking about continuity, and I think it's a little bit difficult to get complete continuity. The bench has been the more consistent group. The Kings do right now have the number one bench in the league, but partly because the starters have not performed consistently enough as five. They'll bring in one or two subs. Those subs produce, mix them in with a couple of starters, and you kind of find the group, the five best on that night, and that's kind of what you have right now. Maybe it's Bogey and Frank Mason in there with a couple of starters, or it's Buddy, Costa, and Willie with a couple of starters. So they're juggling. They're still trying to figure it out. And again, by and large, uh, the Kings are now, what, 3-3 three and three in their last six on the road, 5-6 and six overall in their last 11. So I still feel like it's better. It's just uh, a game in which they ended up losing by a large margin, and mainly it was because of that continuity that Buddy was t- talking about, and defending, not stopping, getting stops and scores just weren't happening, happening consistently enough for the Kings. All right, from uh, Buddy, we're going to go ahead and hear from Willie Cauley-Stein, who had the very difficult task of trying to slow down Carl Anthony Towns. You know, it's it's, it's challenging because, you know, he's one of the best bigs in the, in the NBA, and then he gets the ball every time. Um, they run a lot of stuff for him. Uh, so he's, he's always going to be in a rhythm. So it's tough. I mean, if anybody's in a rhythm in the NBA, it's going to be tough to guard. You just got to try to make it hard. Um, but... Yeah, he's he's a problem. So it's just like kind of just got to just be in the way and hopefully he miss it because um, he's so well around the rim. And now he's shooting the three really well. So it's it's challenging, um, but it's fun. You know, that's what you you look for those challenges. Um, but yeah, he's just, you know, really good. So obviously he's a high volume player for them. But so if it's not him, it's it's Andrew. If it's not Andrew, it's Jimmy. Just the three of them. How difficult and challenging is that combination? Yeah, I mean, they, they got a real tough team. Um, you know, they play eight guys, so they're always going to be in a rhythm. They always got something going on because they only play eight guys. Um, so you really got to be locked in on them. Um, and you can't, you got to eliminate all the mistakes. If you, if you want to beat them, you can't, you can't make more mistakes than them. Uh, I mean, other than that, it's just, you got to be, you just got to be connected um, the whole time. Yeah, Cat was crazy. Carl Anthony Towns, 11 of 16, 30 points, 14 boards, five assists. He had five blocks, one steal, and zero turnovers. And there's something to be said about what Willie is addressing that, you know, Minnesota, where I was telling you about the negatives that I see with playing the starters that many minutes. He's talking about it being a positive because the Kings really spread their minutes around. Minnesota's the exact opposite where they overload their starters. But that group it gets into a rhythm. And if you think about what the starting five for Minnesota did on Thursday night, they scored 95 points. Kings team scored 96. So that five of Wiggins, Gibson, Towns, Butler, and Teague does most of their work. They did most of their work on Thursday. And the Kings didn't take anybody really out of their rhythm. All the guys shot well. Uh, Wiggins was comfortable. Butler nearly had a triple-double. Towns had a monster night. And they just didn't take anybody out of their rhythm at all. So now the Kings, as we mentioned, they go from Minnesota eventually over the weekend. They're going to head to Toronto. And they're going to have to now kind of change their focus from a a front court wing perspective that they had to worry about with Minnesota. Now they got to stare directly into a very talented backcourt of the Raptors. Abaka hands it to Lowry all the way out near center court. Comes around an Abaka screen, elevating for the triple. North side three ball. Busted. 
Big stones there from Kyle Lowry as Toronto pushes their lead to six. DeRozan pull up jumper top of the lane good and a foul. DeMar knocks it down Thornwell with the foul and DeRozan will go to the line for one more. Lowry up top on the handle works left with a purtle screen gets a switch on Decker. Lowry dances on the dribble pull up jumper in the air good got it it's a long two. Kyle starting to cook. 106-102 DeRozan Euro stepping through the lane and floating it in. His first bucket, his first points of the fourth, coming at a huge moment. How about the screen? JV laid on the defender to free DeMar up. So as we talk about this talented Toronto team, and you heard highlights there of that backcourt, this team is in a groove. They had won five straight coming into the Kings game. They added another one on top of that, and they have won seven of their last eight. They will play tonight, however, as a Friday night game at home against the Nets, and then the Kings will make their way to take on a Toronto team that coming into today 18 and 8. I still don't feel like they get enough respect. And watching them play the Kings last Sunday, a long team, a team that creates some difficult matchups. And I thought the Kings, by and large, did an okay job in the backcourt of DeRozan and Lowry. But Abaka did his thing, and then the Kings were just way too sloppy, way too many turnovers in the game on Sunday. So they're going to have to clean that up when they take on Toronto this Sunday. So should be a fun weekend ahead. And then the Kings will continue the road trip where they were going to go to Philadelphia and Brooklyn. And after that, the Kings will have played almost half of their road schedule. They have done a lot of road games already, and it's nice to know that, especially March, they are going to be at home almost. The, I think they have 12 home games out of 15 in the month of March. But on Thursday night, the final was the uh, Kings losing to the Timberwolves 119-96. to We hope you have a great weekend ahead. Thank you so much for listening to Locked on Kings. Follow us on iTunes. We're there for you. Just waiting on demand each and every day. Tell a friend about us. Rate us on iTunes if you would as well. Leave us comments there too. Thank you so much for listening. Back again on Monday for another edition of Locked on Kings. You are Locked on Kings, your daily Sacramento Kings podcast. Part of the Locked on Podcast Network, your team every day.